0: Hello Shanks, welcome to the 3rd episode of the Maze Runner Podcast. Let's just do a quick recap of last week. Okay, so last week Thomas saw Ben and he saw the doors of the maze close and he was awestruck at everything and today, like I said, Chuck is going to play an amazing joke on Gally. So, without further ado, let's begin. Chapter 5 They ended up near the back of the homestead. That was what Chuck called the leaning structure of wooden windows in a dark shadow between the building and the stone wall behind it. For those of you who don't remember the previous story, here they refers to Chuck and Thomas and they are at the back of the shack, okay? And the shack is called homestead. Let's continue. Where are we? Thomas asked, still feeling the weight of seeing those walls close, thinking about the maze, the confusion, the fear. He told himself to stop or he would drive himself crazy. Trying to grasp a sense of normalcy, he made a weak attempt at a joke. If you're looking for a good night kiss, forget it, Chucked in not miss a beat. Just shut up and stay close. Thomas let out a big breath and shushed before following the younger boy along the back of the building. They tiptoed until they came upon a small dusty window, a soft beam of light shining through onto the ivy and stone. Thomas heard someone moving around inside. ''Bathroom,'' Chuck whispered. ''So?'' A thread of unease stitched along Thomas's skin. ''I love doing this to people. It Gives me great pleasure before bedtime.'' ''Doing what?'' Something told Thomas. Chuck was up to good. ''Maybe I should just shut your mouth and watch?'' Chuck quietly stepped up onto a big wooden box that sat right under the window. He crouched so that his head was positioned just below where the person on the inside would be able to see him. Then he reached up with his hand and lightly tapped on the glass. This is stupid, Thomas whispered. There couldn't possibly be a worse time to play a joke. Newt or Albie could be in there. I don't want to get in trouble. I just got here. Chuck suppressed a laugh by putting his hand over his mouth. Ignoring Thomas, he reached up and tapped the window again. A shadow crossed the light, then the window slid open. Thomas jumped to hide, pressing himself against the back of the building as hard as he could. He just couldn't believe he'd been succored into playing a practical joke on somebody. The angle of vision from the window protected him for the moment, but he knew he and Chuck would be seen if whoever was in there pushed his head outside to get a better look. Who's that? Yelled he the boy from the bathroom, his voice scratchy and laced with anger. Thomas had to hold in a gasp when he realized it was Galley. He knew that voice already. Without warning, Chuck suddenly popped his head up towards the window and screamed at the top of his lungs. A loud crash <laughs> Okay, something. A loud crash from inside revealed that the trick had worked and the litany. Of spare words, followed it, let them know that Gally was none too happy about it. Thomas was struck with an odd mix of horror and embarrassment. I'm gonna kill you, shuck face! Gally yelled, but Chuck was already off the box and running toward the open glade. Thomas froze as he heard Gally open the door inside and run out of the bathroom. Thomas finally snapped out of his daze and took off after his new and only friend. He'd just rounded the corner when Galley came, screaming out of the homestead, looking like a ferocious beast on the loose. He immediately pointed at Thomas. Come here, he yelled. Thomas's heart sank in surrender. Everything seemed to indicate that he'd be getting a fist in the face. It wasn't me, I swear, he said, though as he stood there, he sized the boy up and realised he shouldn't be so terrified after all. Gally wasn't that big. Thomas could actually take him if he had to. "'Wasn't you?' Gally snarled. He ambled up to Thomas slowly and stopped right in front of him. "'Then how do you know there was something you didn't do?' Thomas didn't say anything. He was definitely uncomfortable, but not nearly as scared as a few moments earlier. "'I'm not a dog, Greenie. Gally spat. "'I saw Chuck's fat face in the window,' he pointed again this time right at Thomas's chest. "'But you better decide right quick who you want as your friends and enemies. You "'Hear me? One more trick like that. "'I don't care if it's your sissy idea or not.' There'll be blood spilled. You got that, newbie? But before Thomas could answer, Gally had already turned to walk around. Thomas just wanted this episode over. Sorry, he muttered, wincing at how stupid it sounded. I know you, Gally added without looking back. I saw you in the changing, and I'm gonna figure out who you are. Thomas watched as the bully disappeared back into the homestead. He couldn't remember much, but something told him he'd never disliked someone so strongly. He was surprised by how much he truly hated the girl. He really, really hated him. He turned to see Chuck, standing there, staring at the ground, nearly embarrassed. Thanks a lot, buddy. Sorry. If I'd known it was Yali, I never would have done it, I swear. Surprising himself, Thomas laughed. An hour ago, he'd thought he'd never hear such a sound come out of his mouth again. Chuck looked closely at Thomas and slowly broke into an uneasy grin. What? Thomas shook his head. Don't be sorry. though. Shank deserved it and I don't even know what a shank is. That was awesome. He felt much better. A couple of hours later, Thomas was lying in a soft sleeping bag next to Chuck on a bed of grass near the gardens. It was a wide lawn that he hadn't spotted before and quite a few of the group chose it as their bedtime spot. Thomas thought that was strange, but apparently there wasn't enough room inside the homestead. At least it was warm, which made him wonder for the millionth time where they were. His mind had a hard time grasping names of places or remembering countries or rulers, how the world was organized, and none of the kids in the glade had a clue either. At least they weren't sharing if they did. He lay in silence for the longest time, looking at the stars and listening to the soft murmurs of various conversations drifting across the glade. Sleep felt miles away, and he couldn't shake the despair and hopelessness that coursed through his body and mind, the temporary joy of Chuck's trick on Galley had long since faded away. It had been one endless and strange day. It was just so weird. He remembered lots of little things about life. Eating, clothes, studying, playing. General images of the makeup of the world. But any detail that would fill in the picture to create a true and complete memory had been erased somehow. It was like looking at an image through a foot of muddy water. More than anything else, perhaps he felt sad. Chuck interrupted his thoughts. Well, Greeny, you survived first day. Barely. Not now, Chuck. He wanted to see. I'm not in a mood. Chuck pulled himself up to lean on an elbow, looking at Thomas. You'll learn a lot in the next couple of days. Start getting used to things. Good that? Um. Yeah, good that, I guess. Where would all these words and phrases come from, anyway? It seemed like they had taken some other language and melded it with his own. Chuck flopped back down with a heavy flump. I don't know. I've only been here a month, remember? Thomas wondered about Chuck, whether he knew more than he let on. He was a quirky kid, funny, and he seemed innocent. But who was to say? Really, he was just as mysterious as everyone else in the grave. A few minutes passed, and Thomas felt the long day finally catch up to him. The leaded edge of sleep crossed over his mind. But like a fist had shoved it in his brain and let go, a thought popped into his head one that he didn't expect and he wasn't sure from where it came. Suddenly the glade, the walls, the maze, it all seemed familiar, comfortable. A warmth of calmness spread through his chest and for the first time since he'd found himself there, he didn't feel like the glade was the worst place in the universe. He still felt his eyes widen, his breathing stopped for a long moment. What just happened, he thought. What changed? Ironically, the feelings... That things would be okay made him slightly queasy. Not quite understanding how he knew what he needed to do, he didn't get it. The feeling, the epiphany, was a strange one, foreign and familiar at the same time. But it felt right. I want to be one of those guys that goes out there, he said aloud, not knowing if Chuck was still awake. Inside the maze, huh? Was the response from Chuck. Thomas could hear a tinge of annoyance in his voice. Runners, Thomas said, wishing he knew where this was coming from. Whatever they are doing out there, I want him. You don't even know what you're talking about, Chuck grumbled and rolled over. Go to sleep. Thomas felt a new surge of confidence, even though he truly didn't know what he was talking about. I want to be a runner. Chuck turned back and got up on his elbow. You can forget that little thought right now. Thomas wondered at Chuck's reaction, but pressed on. Don't try to. Thomas. Newbie. My friend. Forget it. I'll tell i tomorrow. A runner, Thomas thought. I didn't even know what that means. Have I gone completely insane? Chuck lay down with a laugh. You're a piece of clung. Go to sleep. But Thomas couldn't quit. Something out there. It feels familiar. Go to, to sleep. Then it hit Thomas. He felt like several pieces of puzzle had been put together. He didn't know what the ultimate picture would be, but his next words almost felt like they were coming from someone else. Chuck, I I think I've been here before. He heard his friend sit up, heard the intake of breath. but Thomas rolled over and refused to say another word, worried he'd mess up this new sense of being encouraged, eradicate the reassuring calm that filled his heart. Sleep came much more easily than he'd expected. Wow, it was amazing, right? Chapter five. So Thomas decides that he wants to be a runner. Let's see what happens next in chapter six. Someone shook Thomas awake. His eyes snapped open to see a too close face staring down at him. Everything around him still shadowed by the darkness of early morning. He opened his mouth to speak, but a cold hand clamped down on it, gripping it shut. Panic flared until he saw who it was. Shh, Greeny, don't want to be waking Chucky now, do we? It was Newt, the guy who seemed to be second in command. The air reeked of his morning breath. Though Thomas was surprised, any alarm melted away immediately. He couldn't help being curious, wondering what this boy wanted with him. Thomas nodded, doing his best to say yes with his eyes until Newt finally took his hand away, then leaned back on his heels. Come on, Greeny, the tall boy whispered as he stood. He reached down and helped Thomas to his feet. He was so strong, it felt like he could rip Thomas's arm off. Supposed to show you something before the wake-up. Any lingering haze of sleep had already vanished from Thomas's mind. Okay, he said simply, ready to follow. He knew he should hold some suspicion, having no reason to trust anyone yet. But the curiosity won out. He quickly leaned over and sipped on his shoes. Where are we going? Just follow me and stay close. They snucked their way through the tightly striven pack of sleeping bodies, Thomas almost tripping several times. He stepped on someone's hand, earning a sharp cry of pain in return, then a punch on the calf. Sorry, he whispered, ignoring a dirty look from Newt. Once they left the lawn area and stepped onto the hard grey stone of the courtyard floor, Newt broke into a run, heading for the western wall, Thomas hesitated at first, wondering why he needed to run, but snapped out of it quickly and followed at the same pace. The light was dim, but any obstructions loomed as darker shadows, and he was able to make his way quickly along. He stopped when Newt did, right next to a massive wall towering above them like a skyscraper. Another random image that floated in the murky pool of his memory. While Thomas noticed some red lights flashing here and there along the wall's face, moving about. Stopping, turning off, and on. What are those? He whispered as loudly as he dared, wondering if the voice sounded as shaky as he felt. The twinkling red glow of the lights held an undercurrent of warning. Newt stood a couple of feet in front of the thick curtain of ivy on the wall. When you bloody need to know, you'll know, Greenie. Really? Well, it's kind of stupid to send me to a place where nothing makes sense and not answer my questions. Thomas paused, surprised at himself. Shank? He added, throwing all the sarcasm he could into the syllable. Newt broke out in a laugh, but quickly cut it off. I like you, Greeny. Now shut it and let me show you something. Newt stepped forward and dug his hands into the thick ivy, spreading several vines away from the wall to reveal a dust frosted window, a square about two feet wide. It was dark at the moment, as if it had been painted black. What are we looking for? Thomas whispered. Hold you and dice, boy. One will be coming along soon enough. A minute passed, then two, several more. Thomas fidgeted on his feet, wondering how Newt could stand there, perfectly patient and still, staring into nothing but darkness, then it changed. Glimmers of an eerie light shone through the window. It cast a wavering spectrum of colours on Nude's body and face, as if he stood next to a lighted swimming pool. Thomas grew perfectly still, squinting, trying to make out what was on the other side. A thick lump grew in his throat. What is that, he thought. Out there is the maze, Newt whispered, eyes wide as penetrance. Everything we do, our whole life, really, revolves around the maze. Every lovin' second of every lovin' day we spend in honour of the maze, trying to solve something that's not shown us. It has a bloody solution. You know, and we want to show you why it's not to be messed with. Show ya why them buggin walls close shut every night. Show ya why you should never, never find your butt out there. Newt stepped back, still holding onto his ivy vines. He gestured for Thomas to take his place and look through the window. Thomas did, leaning forward until his nose touched the cool surface of the glass. It took a second for his eyes to focus on the moving object on the other side, to look past grime and dust, and see what Newt wanted him to see. And then he did. He felt his breath catch in his cold throat, like an icy wind that had blown down there and frozen the air cold. A large, bulbous creature, the size of a cow, but with no distinct shape, twisted and seethed along the ground in the corridor outside. It climbed the opposite wall, then leaped at the thick glass windows with a loud thump. Thomas shrieked before he could stop himself, choked away from the window, but the thing bounced backward, leaving the glass undamaged. Hummel sucked in two huge breaths and leaned in once again. It was too dark to make out clearly, but odd lights flashed from an unknown source, le- revealing blurs of silver spikes and glistening flesh. Bickered instrument tipped appendages protruded from its body like arms, a saw blade, a set of shears, long rods whose purpose could only be guessed. The creature was a horrific mix of animal and machine, and seemed to realize it was being observed. Seemed to know what lay inside the walls of the grave. Seemed to want to get inside and feast on human flesh. Thomas felt an icy terror blossom in his chest. It spawned like a tumour, making it hot to breathe. Even with the memory wipe, he felt sure he'd never seen something so truly awful. He stepped back, the courage he'd felt the previous evening melting away. Oh, what is that thing? he asked. Something shivered in his gut and he wondered if he'd ever be able to breathe again. Grievers, we call him. Newt answered. nasty bugger, eh? Just be glad the grievers only come out at night. Be thankful for these walls. Thomas followed, wondering how he could ever go out there. His desire to become a runner had taken a major blow. But he had to do it. Somehow he knew he had to do it. It was such an odd thing to feel, especially after what he'd just seen. Newt looked at the window absently. Now you know what bloody lurks in the maze, my friend? Now you know this isn't choke time. You've been sent to the Glade, Greenie, and we'll be expecting you to survive and help us do what we've been sent here to do. And what's that? Thomas asked, even though he was terrified to hear the answer. Newt turned to look him dead in the eye. The first traces of dawn had crept up on them, and Thomas could see every detail of Newt's face. A skin tight, his broke crease. Find our way out, Grinny, Newt said. Solve the buck and maze and find our way home. A couple of hours later, the doors having reopened, rumbling and grumbling and shaking the ground Mm -hmm. until they were finished. Thomas sat at a worn, tilted picnic table outside the homestead. All he could think about was the Grievers, what their purpose could be, what they did out there during the night, what it would be like to be attacked by something so terrible. He tried to get the image out of his head, move on to something else, the runners. They had just left without saying a word to anybody, vaulting into the maze at full speed and disappearing around the corners. He pictured them in his mind as he picked at his eggs in the background with a poke, speaking to no one, not even Chuck, who waited silently next to him. The poor guy had exhausted himself trying to start a conversation with Thomas, who'd refused to respond. All he wanted was to be left alone. He just didn't get it. His brain was on overload trying to compute the sheer impossibility of the situation. How could a maze, with walls so massive and tall, be so big that dozens of kids hadn't been able to solve it after who knew how long trying? How could such a structure exist? And more importantly, why? What could possibly be the purpose of such a thing? Why were they all there? How long had they been there? Try as he might to avoid it, his mind still kept wandering back to the image of the vicious cleaver. Its phantom brother seemed to leap at him every time he blinked or rubbed his eyes. Thomas knew he was a smart kid. He somehow felt it in his bones. But nothing about this place made any sense except for one thing. He was supposed to be a runner. Why did he feel that so strongly and even now after seeing what he left in the maze? A tap on his shoulder charred him from his thoughts. He looked up to see Alby standing behind him, arms folded. Ain't you looking fresh, Alby said. Get a nice view out the window this morning. Thomas stood, hoping the time for answers had come, or maybe hoping for a distraction from his gloomy thoughts enough to make me want to learn about this place he said hoping to avoid provoking the temper he had seen there in the sky the day before alby nodded me and you shank the two begins now he started to move but then stopped holding up a finger ain't no questions till the end you get me ain't got time to jaw with you all day but Thomas stopped when alby's eyebrow shot up why did the guy have to be such a jerk but tell me everything. I want to know everything. He decided the night before not to tell anyone else how strangely familiar the place seemed, the odd feeling that he'd been there before, that he could remember things about it, sharing that seemed like a very bad idea. I'll tell ya what I want to tell ya, Greeny. Let's go. Can I come? Chuck asked from the table. I'll be reached down and tweaked to the boy's ear. Ow! Chuck shrieked. Ain't you got a job, Slinton? I'll be asked. Got of stopping to do? chuck rolled his eyes and looked at thomas have fun. i'll try he suddenly felt sorry for chuck wished people would treat the kid better but there was nothing he could do about it it was time to go he walked away with albie hoping the tour had officially begun i'll give you a moment to put together your thoughts i know that your thoughts are running wild like wild wild what are the grievers why is the maze there why are all the boys put inside the maze how long will they be inside the maze and will they find a solution and all these questions okay just take a moment and put together your thoughts Alright, right so if you're done let's meet next sunday with the fourth episode of the maze runner podcast thank you